I think that's what I think adversity does is a lot of times you get to, you get to find out who you really are. Right. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing, right. but at least you, but at least you know where you are. And, and if it is bad, if you're like, dang, I didn't realize I'd act that way in this situation. Cool. Right. Good. Good that you know that now because right. you can learn to overcome that in the future. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Hey, it's Lisbeth. I'm trying to see how to edit in this part of the video, uh, the introductory part. I do it on my regular podcast. If you listen on Apple or iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your podcasts, I usually have an intro section. How do you do it on camera? I don't know. So thanks for bearing with me. Hope you're having a fabulous week. I'm about to go to Las Vegas next week for a conference And here's what's new. I'm really looking forward to my chat with Brad Ritter. He and I could not have more opposite lives. Brad has had a really stable, successful, um, just wonderful life. He describes himself as being a man raised in the Midwest with a happy family who went on to marry and replicate that, having a happy family. But he felt a real lack and needed some external challenges. If you've gone through traumas like I have with kidnapped children or domestic violence or any, you know, life brings us traumas, it's hard to imagine that there are people out there who look externally to challenge themselves to see what they're made of. And I so admire that. So I look forward to Brad talking to us about that today. Don't forget that we have a whole bunch of podcasts on the backlist. So there are many different interviews with survivors and strivers that I think you're going to enjoy. And this week for me personally, also, I'm excited to let you know that my fun little essay, which if, you know, if you write a lot about trauma, you look forward to having fun things to write about as well. Uh, My fun uh, essay is going to be in chicken soup for the soul on a stray cat that lives in my neighborhood. <laughs> I know it seems silly, but I love that cat so much. And so does the entire neighborhood. So that's kind of cool. And I also was invited last minute sort of to help lifetime promote the movie that's based on my book. The movie is called stolen by their father available now on lifetime Hulu. Think of voodoo and Amazon prime. You have to rent it. But anyway, it's based on my memoir, Pieces of Me Rescuing My Kidnapped Daughters. Well, apparently it's been released in Latin America and uh, so that's South America and Central American countries. And I got to be a part of its launch there by being interviewed by a whole bunch of reporters one by one online, which was so cool. People from Chile and uh, Argentina. Mexico, Colombia, many, many different beautiful places. Many I've been to and some I have not. And they were excited to talk about violence against women and what we should be doing about it. So it was neat to have that movie be released and be a part of that important conversation. Thanks for being here. I hope I do this right with Brad Ritter. Just like I said, for sisters and brothers, I'm so honored to bring Brad Ritter to the show Brad and I have 
had sort of opposite lives with similar conclusions. And Brad, thank you so much for being here on Persistence U. Please tell us a little bit about your story of how it was that you came to seek out um, adversity, really. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how that has happened, because I absolutely adore that you're someone who says, hey, when you go through a crisis or a super hard time, that can be an asset. It's not always a curse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Elizabeth, for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you you summed it up. I'm just I I believe now just with my uh, experience on on this planet, I'm I'm 43. And and what I've been taught just my own perspective is, is that um, adversity really helps forge your character, you discover kind of who you really are, it'll help prioritize what's important, what's not. And I'm just a proponent of inviting what I call purposeful adversity into your life to help, you know, accelerate that and help you discover who you really are and, and just get you, just get you rocking and rolling where you want to be in life. I love it. Tell us a little bit about your life before you discovered this, because it seems like you came from the life that many of us aspire to, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. you had a happy family. You then went and replicated that. Yep. And, and, and still do. Right. So I just, I consider myself very fortunate. I grew up, um, oldest of four, uh, children, very close family parents still married. I, I, I mean, I was fortunate, came from a great household. Didn't have to really worry about, you know, putting a roof over my head or, you know, where am I going to eat my next meal? We weren't rich, but I know, I knew we weren't poor because, because we know, we knew who those quote unquote, those kids are in school. And I knew I was just kind of somewhere in between. And, uh, I live in Indiana. Um, born and raised. So, you know, Midwestern values and people say thank you and, and very, very courteous. And um, long, long story short, I just, I came to the realization when I was about 35 that I was too comfortable. Life had just gotten a little bit too comfortable, you know, wow. and, and, and not just, you know, where I was living in, in my house, but like my job and, and what, like, what am I really here to do uh, on this planet? And I, I just had this epiphany that I need to bring adversity into my life because I, I think that's where I'm going to find out like who I really am. And I love that. I mean, that's thanks. so cool because I, most many of us just can't even imagine that. But I think we're built for some stress, aren't we? We're totally built for stress. Yeah, absolutely. The human body can endure just so much so much pain and, and, uh, and, and purpose that it goes, goes along with it. And I'm not talking about, you know, putting yourself in quote unquote harm's way where something, you know, really bad could happen to you. I'm talking about just, just doing like waking up early. Okay. I still struggle with that. That's a very easy thing to do. Wake up early in the morning. It stinks, but I make myself do it. You know, I try to get uncomfortable, uh, whether it's, you know, working out hard or, you know, public speaking, hey, I still get scared to go, you know, talk in front of a, a, an audience, but I just, I know that's going to make me a better person. So, you know, putting yourself in those types of situations to, to help, to help grow. And I, you know, I, I do do some like motivational speaking, things like that. And, you know, when, when I look at most motivational speakers out there, they've, they've had these just crazy backgrounds, right? They've just gone through this loads of adversity, <laughs> like unbelievable, whether they've like, you know, fought a disease, cancer, they've been sure. deployed, been to war, you know, lost some loved ones. I mean, just terrible, terrible stuff. Now, I'm not saying I want that at all, but I, 
I believe people who have been through that, like they just have this different mindset once they've, once they've conquered it, you know, like you can just, you can tell it by the way, by the way you talk to them, like they've been there, they've got that life experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you really know who you are until, um, until you're forced to make some tough decisions, you know, and your back's up against the wall. So how was it that you were a pretty young man still? I mean, I'm way older than you, so it seems like you're really young, but you looked, you know, you have this good family background, a happy marriage, stable employment. How did you go about finding a place to really test your mettle? Yeah. So I, I read a book that really started to inspire me. Uh, Angela Duckworth wrote a book called Grit. And if you haven't read it, I, I highly suggest it. And she was talking about how grit in her studies is one of the leading indicators and predictors of success in life. And the cool thing about grit is it can be grown. Like it's something you can work on, you know, day in, day out. And she has this cool little grit scale you can take on her website. It's still there. It's 10 questions. I mean, you take it in like two minutes. And I took it and out of a scale of one to five, I think I scored like a two, which meant I, was, which meant I wasn't that gritty. And I'm very competitive uh, just by nature. So I was like, okay, but it made sense because the way the questions were like, I was just the king of, I'd work on a project, the next shiny thing would come along and then I wouldn't finish that project. I'd move on to this over here like that, that, okay, yeah, I get it. I, I don't see things through a lot of times. So I just, I wanted to flip that around and in her book, she talks about how um, you can grow grit from the inside out. You can grow it from the outside in. Okay. I chose, I wanted something quick that would, that would really like test me. So I was like, all right, I want to grow my grit from the outside in. How, how am I going to do that? And I've always believed in um, taking care of yourself, you know, physical training, that sort of thing. So I thought maybe, maybe that's it. And so I thought, well, maybe a race, you know, I'll go run a marathon or, or whatever. And, and those are great, but I thought, no, nah, it needs to be more. And I came across uh, YouTube and I typed in world's toughest training and this camp came up, put on by um, Navy SEALs that civilians oh. could pay. You could pay to do this and you go through uh, basically a, wa- a very watered down version of hell week, which if you know anything about the Navy SEALs, uh, during their um, their training to get selected to actually you know teach them how to do their job, it's about I think it's about six months. Inside of that, there's Hell Week and um, there's no sleep, so it's just a constant. You're constantly moving, and the idea is they completely break you down and just see what's left. And if you're left, then you've you earned the right to actually be taught. The unique thing about this camp was. It was, it's yes, it's designed to weed you out, but the seals were there to also teach you, uh, okay. in those moments that you wanted to quit and give in and, and throw in the towel, they teach you the tools, the tactics to kind of, to not do it. And that's what interested me. So I signed up and did that when I was 35. And I mean, it's just one of those moments you'll, you'll never forget. And it, it, it completely changed my life. And I was a, I was a brand new person, brand new man coming out of that. Just wow, a whole new version, whole new mindset, learned so many uh, tools and, and, and tactics. And, and you'll find all those in my book. That's why I wrote my book was to kind of capture that and, and let people kind of learn without having to go through the 50 hour beat down <laughs> that I did. I love that you went through the 50 hour beat down. Was there a moment where you thought I'm not going to make it? Yeah, or pretty much right, pretty much right away. Okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, just being honest. It's, you know, our, our, um, 
our mental, our inner dialogue. Right. Like we'll play tricks on all of us. Always does. Right. And I, I mean, right when I'm there, it's okay. Everybody looks a lot younger than me. Um, you start comparing yourself, how you look physically with, with these other, you know, specimens and okay, <laughs> do they know something I don't? Why is so-and-so doing it? Yeah. All these doubts start coming in. That was, that wasn't too bad, but then the very first, they call them evolutions. The very first event we did uh, was about two hours and it's, it's called breakout and it's just, it's just to mimic complete chaos. So you've got um, instructors who are in your face, many of them with uh, blow horns, you know, yelling at you, you're being sprayed by water hoses and you're trying to carry out directions, but you don't know who's saying what. <laughs> and it's just, it, and you're doing every calisthenic you can possibly think of, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, burpees, flutter kicks, just on and on for, for a couple hours. And I just got to thinking towards the end, I said, I, I can't keep this pace up. Like this thing's over 50 hours. I'm two hours in and I'm, I'm completely smoked. Like, wow, help me out, you know? And, and uh, yeah, so that was, that was the first time that I thought, whoa, did I, I mean, I knew I trained hard, but it's like, did I train hard enough? Right. And then, you know, I made it through that. And, and that was just for me going there, I had these, and I think this is actually a really good topic here that I'm getting ready to go into. It's important to have um, goals, like big gnarly goals that scare you, but being able to um, like peel those back and have little wins you can collect along the way. And I, I had, I had two major ones when I signed up for the camp. One was I knew breakout existed. You could see the videos. I knew what to expect. It was surviving that. I was like, I want to survive that. And then I want to make it through the first night. If I make it through the first night, I'll make it through the second night. You know, that was like my two big, big milestones. So, wow. you know, went in those first two hours and we lost five people that first oh, two hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We lost people. Okay. And, and these were people who had trained hard. And, um, you know, did they have the physical tools to do it? Yeah, they did. Um, but mentally they, they just, they couldn't handle it. You know, they were thinking about, they were thinking what I was thinking, how am I going to do this for the next 48 plus mm -hmm. hours? You know, and it's like, no, don't think that away. How am I just going to survive this next minute? I like next it. Five okay. Minutes. Yeah. I like that takeaway for regular life crises too, because there are the big goals, which is getting through whatever, but then you want to collect those small wins. Mm -hmm. And I think the mindset, at least for me, when I'm going through something really rough, it stops being, can I do this? And it turns into how will I do this? Yeah. You know, I've decided this is a must do. So how will I survive this? I really like that, Brad. So what did your family think? I mean, here you are, you're probably spending some real cash going yep. to do this thing that, you know, some people would say, is that a midlife crisis? But you were way too young for that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> did, what did your family think? And when did you know that this experience had takeaways that could benefit other people in the way of a book? Uh, yeah, great question. So I'll try to answer all those, Let me, you know. It, a, yes, my family thought I was crazy. No yes. one could understand why. Again, why would you want to do this? You've got you've got life by the hordes, right? You're comfortable. Right. You've, you've <laughs> you got this nice house, nice marriage. Like, are we not good enough? You know, th like that right. stuff. And it's like it's deeper than that. And sometimes that stuff's hard to it's hard to relay what you're feeling. But it's like you just know it inside that I, I have to do this for me. I can't explain right. it, but I know when I go to this place, like something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to have this, 
like spiritual encounter for the first time, as they like to say at that camp, a lot of people meet themselves for the first time. And that's wow. a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing, right. but, at least you, but at least you know where you are. And, and if it is bad, if you're like, dang, I didn't realize I'd act that way in this situation. Cool. Right. Good. Good that you know that now because right. you can learn to overcome that in the future. Right. But if you didn't have that experience, you, you wouldn't know that. You'd be, you'd be playing Monday morning quarterback all day and, oh, this is how I would do it. Oh, this, I would do it this way. You don't know. No one knows until you're actually in the heat of the moment how you're going to react and what you're going right. to do and what you're going right. to say. So, yeah, my parent, my uh, family thought I was crazy. Parents, wife, friends. I had two friends who knew why, but they were in the military. So they kind of they kind of got it a little bit. Right. Like, yeah, I get it. I know why you're doing it. Um, did it cost money? Yes, it did cost a significant amount of money. Funny how I got it though. Uh, the company I used to work for, um, McGraw Hill Education is their name. I was in uh, the education space. Every year they would have this really cool event where all the people in the company, or most people in the company, would come together and celebrate that year. And it was it was all, they always done up to the nines, like really okay. cool. You 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 dress up for dinner, really nice. You get awards on stages. Gee, that sort of thing. Yeah, super cool. Well, I had been to enough of these, and usually the awards are monetary or, you know, some sort of gift card or, or maybe a gift, like a pair of shoes or a bottle of wine or something you've been wanting. And I looked at my boss and I said, I'm going to be the number one rep next year. And when I walk across stage, I don't want any of that. I want to go to this camp. I want wow. you guys. And, and she said, and she said to me, um, Liz, if you're listening right now, she said, Brad, if you're the number one rep, I'll get you any, pretty, pretty much anything you want. And I was like, all right. So that's what happened. Long story short, that next year, at a killer year, was was rep of the year. And I got to walk across stage and they gave me a certificate to help send me to that camp. That is amazing because you called your shot. Yep. You had a goal in mind and you had the confidence because that's really, that's a pretty audacious goal. But you had the confidence to at least say, yes. I, I, here's what I'm willing to do to get it, but this is what I'm going to want. I have yep. this in mind. And I think that's really powerful. Thank you. And I want, I wanted the the experience, you know, I just, yep. I didn't want I mean, money's nice. Sure. A little bonus or whatever, but it's like, no, I want, this is truly transformational and boy, was it so, so fast forward, mm -hmm. you know, how did I get from, I think you had asked that experience. How did it become a book? I never right. intended on writing a book at all. I, I still remember being on the flight home after being up at this point, almost 60 hours. Um, I took out uh, a notebook and just, I wrote down, I was like, I want to remember everything I went through. Yep. So I just, I literally wrote two pieces of paper. It was just every evolution we did chronologically. And then I passed out and I woke up <laughs> in the airport. We had, we had gotten to our gate. I put that notebook up. I didn't touch it for like a year. And then what happened though was, Everybody wanted to know they because I had told everybody that I was right. hey, I was going to this camp. You won't hear from me. Like if you hear from me, that's a bad thing. Because <laughs> either I got hurt or I quit. Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to quit. And the more I told my story to family and friends, they're really the ones that got me uh motivated because they they just they supported me. And and mm -hmm. a lot of times you find that in you know, business, or if you're starting a nonprofit or something, all it takes is for someone to believe in you, just one person. And and I had several and, and they said, you should turn this into a book. So when I started off writing the book, 
it, it, it wasn't to become a bestseller or anything like that. It was really part of a legacy exercise um, that, that I was working on for my family, uh, for my wife, for my kids, uh, for my friends, because it will outlive me. Like I, when I'm gone, this book will still be around or people right. can still read it and order it. And I just, I, I thought, man, what a cool gift to leave behind to my wife and kids and, and parents and brothers and sisters and friends. And cause there's so much in there. And I feel like, um, I feel like I killed it with just how, how it ended up like, and that I, and I'm going off on another tangent, but like people have asked me, how did you know when the book was done? And I'm like, it's never going to be perfect because there's always things you're going to change. But if I can read it and I'm like, hell yeah, this fires me up. Um, this is going to help people like, okay, cool. I've, I've done my job, you know, Good. and, and yeah. I had that feeling. Your mindset was perfect because it's like, yep. I am going to serve other people with the experience that I was fortunate to have. <clears throat> That's it. I love it. I love it. And again, one thing I just so appreciate, there are a lot of people who experience adversity and, you know, it can go one of two ways. It can absolutely distill who we are and help us to be a real sculpted version, a person that we didn't even know we had the potential to become, or we can take a foray into depression, anxiety, substance abuse, or many other things, have an early death. I mean, it doesn't always turn out well, but it's, really important that you honor the fact these experiences, they're sacred. They really can be sacred. And things that are hard on us show us who we're made of. Maybe it's not always what we like, but there's a chance that we take that feedback and change and bring our best self forward. That is so great. Tell a little bit about the experience you've had as an author getting feedback. It's It's been amazing. Um, I mean, I, I hired a team because I, at first I started writing and I was like, okay, I don't have any plans, but then I, it took me five years. So I thought, okay, sure. the time, the money that, you know, all that good stuff that I have invested, I was like, I want to make a go of this and see if I can't become, you know, quote unquote, a bestseller. So I hired um, a team to help me and they were just phenomenal to work with. And yeah, I became a, a bestseller basically overnight in, in Amazon. And that was just, that was like the coolest thing. And I had this like virtual launch party and had um, Mark Devine on, who's the founder of that camp called Kokoro Camp that I had gone okay. to, which was which was huge, you know, to have one of your mentors actually come on and, and join. So it was just it was amazing experience. And, and, and I still continue to this day because the, the book launched in March. Um, and just because the book launches for those who have ri uh, written books or are going to like, that's just, that's just one part of it. You know, you should have a more, I have a long-term plan with this. And, and so it's not just kind of like one and done with me. So I just, I I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping the pressure on and trying to get the book out in front of as many people as I possibly can. Cause I know it's got the power to help people cause it already has. And that's what I've, that's what I've gotten in return, whether it's emails, um, you know, Instagram messages, pictures, people just, Hey, I got your book. It helped me go run this half marathon. And I'm like, well, like, how cool is that? How cool is that? Cause it's just got, uh, it's got generational effects too, you know, not only is it helping that person, but the people around them. That's right. And I remember you, I had listened to an interview where you said that there was somebody who had a real recent hardship with weather, mm -hmm. right? It was either a tornado or a hurricane. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, there was a hurricane in uh, New Orleans and and this gentleman sent me a, uh, a picture of him behind him. His house is gone. 
his neighbor's house is gone, but he's holding my book up and he's like, this is the definition of grit. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it right there. Wow. You know, you, you got it. Who, who can like literally lose everything and still have a smile on their face and still serving others. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And I think oh we just, goodness. we just need more of that in, in the world, not more hurricanes, but more of that, right. <laughs> more, more of the service piece, you know, looking out agreed, for our Brett. brothers and sisters. Yeah, definitely agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Where can listeners, viewers on YouTube, where can they connect best with you to learn more about, uh, you know, you and the School of Grit? Yeah, just check out schoolofgrit.org. That's the best way to connect with me. Not .com. I don't own that domain and I'm not going to pay for it, at least not right now. So go to schoolofgrit.org and it's got all my contact information there. And I'm on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So I shouldn't be too hard to find. I so appreciate your time and it's been terrific meeting you. You too, Lizbeth. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe and I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.